ICG Media presents High Tech Sunday. On today's episode of High Tech Sunday, our hosts, Dr. Mark Vaughn and Lango Dean, sit down with systems engineer and founder of She Loves STEM Incorporated, Sharika Robinson, for a conversation on inspiring the next generation of STEM leaders. Up first is Corning Incorporated's manager of technical talent pipelining, Dr. Mark Vaughn. Next is Career Communication Group's Senior Technology Editor, Lango Dean. Finally, our esteemed guest, Sharika Robinson. Robinson's interest in STEM began at age 10 when her father purchased a computer. Robinson immersed herself in learning all there was to know about this computer. This thirst for knowledge led her to join the military and pursue a career in information technology. Throughout her career, Robinson was always one of the few women on a team, and this led to times of loneliness. Through this experience, Robinson launched She Loves STEM, where she hopes to inspire the next generation of women in STEM. And without further delay, High Tech Sunday, featuring Dr. Mark Vaughn and Lango Dean. Well, thank you so much, Brandon, for that uh, great introduction. And welcome, everyone, to another episode of High Tech Sunday. Uh, we're always excited to have the opportunity to spend some time with you as we discuss high tech STEM issues with just amazing guests each week. And that is certainly the case today as we welcome uh, Shariko Robinson to the broadcast. And we're going to be talking about something that I feel is really timely, and that's inspiring the next generation of STEM leaders. Uh, but first things first, hey, Sharika, how are you? I'm okay, Dr. Ron. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Really looking forward to today's conversation. So going to jump right in and, and actually put you on the spot as we get this conversation going. We like to have the opportunity to learn a little bit about each of the guests, their journey, and how it is that they kind of got started. We heard from Brandon about a little bit uh, in terms of the seeds that were planted all the way back when you were 10 years old, when you got that first computer. Could you tell us a little bit more about about what that experience was like and, and how it is that it really kind of set you on course for a life that really has been informed by a STEM journey. So like Brandon said in the introduction, um, my dad purchased a computer. It was a Packard Bell computer um, back when I was about 10 years old. And my grandmother actually had the same computer at her house. And um, yeah, that, that was my first, uh, I guess, introduction into anything computer related. <laughs> I'm not sure if it came with the floppy disk or my dad purchased those too, but I would type up little documents and save them to the, to the floppy. And when I would go over to visit my grandmother, I would put the floppy in her computer and pull the documents off and, you know, show her what I did. And um, yes, yeah, so that was how my interest in STEM was, I guess, and introduced or sparked. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. 
And so when you think about how it is that you went from that 10-year-old little girl to someone who uh, made their way through high school and then on into adulting, uh, what was it that you would attribute to uh, how your approach to your education and career was actually uh, informed you when you when you got to high school for example did you know that i want to go to college and be a computer scientist uh how how did that all play out so when i was in high school i went to central high school in prince george's county maryland and um we had we also had computers there that were the big back C, like uh, kind of crt monitor imax and i knew that i wanted to work with computers in some capacity after high school but i didn't know like exactly in what career field. So I didn't, like I said before, I didn't take the SAT. I, I knew nothing about going to college. I hadn't done any research. My parents hadn't told me anything. My parents were just always supportive of whatever I chose to do. They were, they were gonna support me. And my dad would always say, you know, do better than me, do better than your mom. So I joined the military right after high school and the military pretty much afforded me the opportunity to go to school and to pursue a career in in STEM. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to actually the opportunity to drill down on your path because you you have an interesting path uh, that you took on your way to becoming an entrepreneur and a systems engineer. Uh, but earlier you you talked about the idea that your grandmother played a role uh, in in a way uh, with your love for computers. It's you said that she had uh, the same computer at her house as you had at your house, uh, and that seems to be kind of pretty uh, revolutionary for grandma to have the same computer as you know somebody two generations behind her so um talk to talk to us a little bit about uh how your family uh your extended family actually nurtured this love for uh science and math uh early on well yes yeah. so my grandmother she she had the same computer so we had a convers i had a conversation with my grandmother a couple of weeks ago about this about the computer and <laughs> She said she didn't know where 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 the computers came from. She just remembered them going to the store to get them. Um, she she also said that um, she remem she remembers me coming over with those computer. I mean, with with the floppy disk and, and typing up little documents and being excited about it about them. You know, when I would come over to visit. But my grandmother, she actually worked in the telecommunications field in the federal government and. I remember when I was getting ready to graduate from high school, she she told me about the um, the MCSC certifications. And she said, it could be something that you may be interested in. She said, I don't know much about it, but I just know that you have to take six classes or study six subjects and take six exams. So that little bit of information that she gave me, I, um, I did some research on it when I came back from basic training and and that was realistically um how i got started because i enrolled at capital now it's called capital technology university but back then it was called capital college and i enrolled at capital college to study to study the mcsc certification program and i took the first two classes of the certification and then i got a job working at the army knowledge online help desk 
Wow. So uh, again, the, the 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 nuggets that you that you got from the family, uh, and then thinking about your grandmother. Uh, I, I also heard you say that in the case of your parents, while they didn't have uh, the experience uh, with setting you up for college and career necessarily, your father said something that seems like it stuck with you. Do better. Uh, we want you to do better. And I think about that. And uh, since it's High Tech Sunday, I'm reflecting on, uh, you know, biblically the idea that uh, you want to, uh, as a parent, uh, leave a heritage for your children. And it seems like uh, what your what your parents did was give you the support that became kind of an inheritance. Can you speak on the the, the spiritual side of things? Uh, how that spirituality uh, may have informed your growing up years and the path that you've been on. Yes. So growing up, my grandmother will always my mother's mother, my maternal grandmother. She will always force us to go to church. I, I wouldn't say take, she will force me. <laughs> and and I, um, as, I, as I grew into, you know, myself and, 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 and matured, I, I appreciated that um, because I, back then or when I was younger, I, I of course didn't want to go because of course I wanted to, to, do what I, to do what a kid wanted to do. But I always think back on, you know, the things that my grandmother will always say, she would say, she said, "We have to go get our le our lessons from the Lord, and 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 then you and then you can focus on uh, focus on the rest of the thing, re the rest of your life, or the rest of the things." That's what she would always say, and I always remember my dad saying, "You know, do better than do better than him, and do better than my mother," because they they didn't go to college. They um they were just you know high school sweethearts that got married and they had five children, and they you know they did the best to to take care of us, and um. They, my dad always said, put God first and everything else will fall in line. And he would always say, always, it doesn't matter what we were talking about or what we were thinking. He would say, do better than me, do better than me. And I, and I always took that as my dad may have wanted to do more with his life, but he couldn't because, you know, he had because they had five children and maybe he wanted he not. Maybe he wanted us to do better than him and my mom so that uh, I guess he could live through us, you know. I love that. And, and that really uh, uh, just says a lot about what was instilled in you. And it speaks to the passion and the mission, I'm sure, that you have now. Uh, so let's talk about that. We're, we're, we're speaking about uh, being inspirational, especially to the next generation of, of STEM leaders. So what is it that inspires you? What is it that motivates you every day? The motivation comes from it comes from everything, uh, Dr. Vaughn. I love the job that I do, but a lot of times it gets lonely because I go there. I don't see you know many people that look like me, whether it's male or female, you know. And I do a lot of community outreach, and I see that if I can just change the mind of two students, I mean, you know, I feel like I have done my job. Um, the motivation comes from everything. It comes from new tech gadgets. It comes from new science research. Even before I was, um, I was diagnosed with cancer about five years ago. So I was, I have always been fascinated with science, especially science research that, you know, that, that they come up with that says, oh, this could help with this disease or this could help with this rare condition or this may help with this. 
I've just always been fascinated with science, with anything, uh, <laughs> anything gadget related. I mean, yeah, I mean, it motivation comes from anything for me, for real, realistically. I mean, anything. And so you, you touched on a topic that I want to kind of delve into a little bit more uh, as you were speaking. You talked about this idea of not many people who look like you. And so in your career so far, how has the, the lack of having colleagues who look like you and, and maybe from similar backgrounds even, how would you say that's affected you and more to the point about the topic today, how do you think that lack of representation affects younger kids today? The lack of representation has, um, it has helped me, I guess, want to go harder, you know, want to be able to be a change agent because of, you know, because of the lack of, the lack of representation. It just, I mean, it fuels me it's it's like i see it on both both sides i see the lack of representation and i also see the lack of you know the lack of resources in communities of people like like myself and that was the reason why i decided to to go in you know and start she loves stem so that i can show them that this is what a technologist look like or this is what a, a systems engineer look like or this is what a sysadmin look like and here are the resources to potentially get you or to introduce you to to such i mean i see it both ways and you mentioned that that important pronoun there she she loves stem uh in the pre-interview i know that you talked about the um reality that in our society young girls grow up really often not believing that they can be stem professionals that they can be engineers and sometimes they they get they don't get the inspiration to believe that they can do things that are quote unquote hard. Talk to us about what you mean by uh, the societal impact and what you think some of the solutions are. As for society, I, I feel like society tells girls that they, or have girls to believe that they can't do things that are hard or that STEM careers are for boys or for males it's it's tough because my parents didn't didn't tell me that you know this job is for a man or this job is for a woman and and although my mother was a housekeeper and my dad was a was a cab driver and 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 uh, a dispatcher i i never really looked at careers as or jobs as oh this is for a man or this is for a woman i just i just thought you have to you know follow your heart or follow your passion or follow the or feed the things that you know that you're interested in and for the kids now, I believe that they have to be able to see that they can be something or see it and then they can, they'll believe it. So show them what, you know, show them that yes, a woman can be a scientist, a woman can be a doctor or a woman can be an engineer and you too can be that. Um, bring those resources to areas where, you know, resources lack and make the environment that you, the environment where you bring those resources have those environments, you know, promote and cultivate and engage these students, not just students, but girls as well. Support them and, and, and let them know that, yes, this is something that you can do and this is how you do it. And so in the absence of that kind of 
of support, that kind of guidance, that kind of direction, somebody that will show you uh, what women in STEM are, are doing. What would you say if you took a step back to uh, young women in particular who, who may feel uh, kind of stuck, kind of trapped in that mindset of limitations. What's the first step to breaking out of that? Even even before you see folks like uh, a Sharika Robinson, what what would you tell them uh, that they can do themselves to kind of take the limits off? I would say, believe it. If you even have a thought that this is something that you want to be, believe that. Don't doubt yourself and don't think that you can't because if you believe it, you know, it's it's possible. And 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 I like the simplicity of that. I used to hear when I was younger, if you can believe it, you can achieve it. And I think that that speaks to what you uh just uh referenced. So you said show them show them uh, that a woman can be a world-class engineer, show them a, a world-renowned doctor or a scientist. So uh, let's just take a, a few minutes because we have a, a world-class systems engineer uh, on the show today. So uh, give us a little glimpse in the day, uh, a day in the life of uh, a systems engineer. So what does your day look like? It realistically depends on the day of the week. <laughs> so if we say Monday, top of the week, um, it is uh, gathering requirements for whatever new project is out or whatever, um, whatever, not necessarily, well, maybe a new project or maybe um, an existing project, um, gathering requirements and they tell us uh, what's needed, how many, how many uh, assets are needed and we build them out. And when I say assets, I say it, it could be computers, it could be servers, it could be uh, network devices, um, it could be, uh, yeah, it could be network devices. And um, we build them out, we secure them, and then we deliver them. So that's what my days consist of. And sometimes it's troubleshooting problems. Some days it's if the build doesn't go right, then we go back and start from the baseline and we build again and then if if it doesn't go right, then we start again. And that's pretty much what my day consists of. And so, like you said, uh, depending on what it is that that's on the docket, uh, it will certainly uh, impact how uh, those builds and, and corrections and, and uh, things are, are actually pursued. Uh, and I think that it's really uh, important to hear you say uh, that it depends on the day and it depends on, on what it is that, again, is kind of on the, on the list of that day. There, there's really, in most STEM careers, I find uh, that no two days necessarily are, are carbon copies of each other. I want to ask you kind of a fun question before I hand things over to my co-host, Lango Dean. Speak to us, if you don't mind, to the tips that you wish uh, younger Sharika knew as she was beginning her STEM journey. What do you wish you could go back and tell her? Or what do you wish she had heard that you now uh, have been uh, benefited by? The number one thing is uh, get a mentor, get a sponsor, join societies, whether that's Nesby, SWE, 
the Women's Society of Cyber Jutsu, you, you name it, join societies and network, attend conferences. I'm an introvert and <laughs> I enjoy being in the background and not, you know, in the front where all the all the shine is and and that I mean when I was younger I I didn't talk I I, I didn't I didn't network with with um with my peers outside of you know my immediate coworkers and I found that I've learned that you know later on in my career that you know not that I'm not happy about where I am now but had I had a mentor and a sponsor uh, back in you know when I first started things would probably be different. So really quickly, I got like four headlines right there uh, that I'll that I'll uh, repeat. Uh, you said like literally right off the bat, get a mentor, get a sponsor, join societies, network. And then you said something near and dear to me. You said you're an introvert. Believe it or not, I consider myself to be one as well. Uh, now, listening to you on the broadcast, you are you 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 are very engaging and charismatic, and it, it, you would never think uh, that you are an introvert. Uh, and and so I think that uh, those of us who are, uh, we get energy, if you will, in different ways. Uh, and sometimes that energy comes from being by ourselves. <laughs> uh, but but we understand that it's necessary for us to, you said, you said, join the world. Uh, and that was so important. But what I wanted to ask you really quickly, how do you distinguish between a mentor and a sponsor? We hear those terms often. How do you distinguish between them? So I'll say that a mentor is, you know, someone that you can go to for some advice or just just to you know to run something to run a, an idea by or someone that you look to for for guidance a sponsor on the other hand is somebody that can get you to the next place or get you where you want to go or put you in a room that you want to be in not saying that a mentor can't but a sponsor can and you know that that person can very well put. Thank you for that. I think it's such an important distinction to make, especially as we're encouraging people, in this case, uh, who are getting started in their STEM careers. You really do want to seek out both. And uh, again, the headline for me from what you said is you want to join the life. Uh, and so uh, as we continue down that path, uh, I want to hand things off for the next segment to Lango Dean to take us further. Hey, Lango, how's it going? Very well, Dr. Vaughn. How about you? I'm doing great, enjoying this conversation with Ms. Robinson. Looking forward to hearing uh, where the conversation goes next. You're listening to High Tech Sunday, featuring Dr. Mark Vaughn, Lango Dean, and our special guest, founder of She Loves STEM Incorporated, Sharika Robinson. Registration for the 2021 Women of Color STEM Conference is now open. Stay tuned for a message from our sponsor. Running from October 7th through the 9th, 2021, don't miss out on the upcoming Women of Color STEM Conference. Since 1995, 
the Women of Color STEM Conference has been the premier forum of choice for recognizing the significant contributions by women in STEM fields. General registration opens on April 30th, 2021. Don't miss out on the opportunity to meet and learn from executives who are committed to the advancement of women in the workplace. Again, general registration opens on April 30th, 2021. We hope to see you there. Please visit www.womenofcolor.net for more information. Again, registration for the 2021 Women of Color STEM Conference is now open. So visit www.womenofcolor.net for more information. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the show, Sharika. It's a pleasure to have you here today. I always like to make connections for our young listeners um, between the various guests that we've had on the show. And you are the third systems, actually female systems engineer that we have had in as many weeks. I think the first one was Crystal Porter, and she works on some super duper airborne reconnaissance programs um, with a defense company. Um, the second systems engineer we had was uh, Demetria Hall, and she's worked on the F-35, and she, she does flight simulation and that kind of thing. Essentially, what I see from what you do and what they do is that you're kind of, whether you're designing software or building infrastructure, whether it's network devices or airplanes or airborne reconnaissance programs, what have you. It, it all comes down to systems engineering. Um, can you tell us about your educational journey to becoming a systems engineer? Because the other two systems engineers that we've had on the show had a slightly different path to the one that you took. Yes, ma'am. So I, um, I joined the military right out of high school. I, I joined when I was 17. I attended Capital College for about a year and a half. And then I transferred to Strayer University. Um, and I think I went to Strayer for maybe three years. And then I transferred to University of Maryland University College. And that's where I finished my, uh, my undergraduate degree in uh, computer information technology. So I think it took me about seven or eight years to finish college, to finish my undergraduate degree. So that's very non-traditional, but it was done, Miss Lango. What was your motivation? It's seven years seems like a long time by today's standards because everybody wants to get where they're going fast, right? So what was your motivation? And what were some of the advantages of going to the military first? And how did that help in your career? By joining the military first, it afforded me the opportunity to get a security clearance um, when I was when I was 17. And my motivation, I mean, my dad, number one, do better than me. That's that was the number one motivation. And also, I mean, for myself, I didn't want to start something and not finish. Um, it didn't matter how long it took. And 
I mean, I switched from Strayer to University of Maryland, University College, because I realized that the tuition at Strayer was, was, was ridiculously more than the tuition at University of Maryland, University College for the same courses. And of course I had to, some classes didn't transfer in and some classes did and those that, that didn't, I had to, I had to retake them. So, I mean, of course, society says that, oh, yes, we're supposed to go to school right after we're supposed to go to college right after high school and we're supposed to finish within four years. But realistically, I mean, that isn't everybody's story. That's I mean, it's, it's we we're, we're not we're not in control. I mean, that's it, it took me it took me about eight years. I like that. I think that's a very good observation. It's not everybody's story and it, it doesn't have to be that way. You know, I, there are other ways to do things and you get to the same destination, even if you take a different route, you just end up getting to the same destination. Um, what are some of the lessons we've had the privilege of talking to people who've served and worked in all branches of the army, whether it's transportation, signal corps, finance corps, chemical corps, medical corps, um, intelligence. And I have found some commonality between all of these people. But what are some of the lessons you have learned from going the military route? Number one is 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 don't give up. That would that's that that's the ultimate lesson that I've learned. Um just by being a, a reservist in the military. No, don't don't give up. If you have if you if you if you you know you have something or you have a goal that you want to achieve you you achieve it and you and you block out, you know, the outside noise, you know, that can keep you from from, you know, from persevering. You you block it out. You get focused and, you know, and you get it done. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I know it's it's cut and dry, but that's 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 the way that I live. I mean, I I, I get it done. Some of the most successful people we know in the world have started on the shop floor. Right. Uh, they will tell you that they have done every job there is in their company or their organization. So what benefits did you get? How did starting right at the bottom, as you said, how did that help you become a better professional today? That's a great question, because I'd say society says, oh, you go to college, you graduate high school, you go to college, you get a you get a job. Everybody that enters the IT industry wants wants to, I guess, you know, start start at the top. For me, when I when I started my IT career, I started at the bottom, meaning at the help desk, where you learn the ins and outs of of the basics of the basics. You learn everything from the foundation of a computer, and just by starting at the bottom and working my way up, I have appreciated my career more because I understand how things work starting from the beginning, starting from from the from the time that a computer is turned on to the time, you know, to the time that you click that you click click an application to open. I, I understand all of what's going on versus, you know, people that have, you know, that'll come that comes into the industry that say start uh as a sysadmin or start as you know um i guess somebody that that creates images for i say for desktops 
they they don't they don't get the basics and you have to know the basics you're, you're not going to get the basics just by taking one course or just by you know going to college and getting this degree because they don't it, realistically in college when you go to college you just get the piece of paper that says hey i attended college for four years i took all these classes but that doesn't necessarily mean that you that you really understand how a computer works or you you even know how to put a computer together to know how each component works with each other and, and, and independently. So I have really appreciated my career uh, more because I understand the basics of the basics. So having that hands-on experience is, is valuable in, in, in the area you're in, in IT, um, understanding the nuts and bolts where things are, that is, it, it sounds like it's really crucial um, as you were talking to Dr. Vaughn, you talk, you, you sort of like made the distinction between a mentor and I think a coach and a champion. I'm not sure. Um, but again, going back to Demetria Hall and Crystal Port, um, Porter, the other two um, systems engineers um, that I talked about, what I find is that mentors they all talked about mentors when they were on the show they all talked about the importance of mentors and they also talked about something else which is stem engagement which you are very much involved in which i'll come to later on but tell tell us a little more now how mentors have helped you and perhaps share a story about how a mentor assisted you on your journey um, I, have, I have two mentors, actually. I have one that's a female and one that's a male. And um, I, I talk to them both, not, not, not necessarily about the same things, but uh, some, sometimes about the same things, but because I like to hear the male's perspective and I like to hear the female's perspective. But I speak to them about a lot of things. I'll tell you about um, how they've helped me. I mean, they've helped me small ways and in big ways um okay so i'll tell you um a couple of weeks ago maybe about three weeks ago i had this issue at my office and i felt like i was being i guess i was kind of being i wouldn't say challenged um i would say i would say challenged but it but it's also because of the layers of politics that there are or that there can be um in the workplace so we had an issue and I wanted to escalate the issue up to up to a vendor. And I had to they wanted me to go through all this red tape. They wanted me to talk to uh, some level six or some level five engineers to confirm that the things that I had done were the right things to do before escalating my issue up to uh, the up to the vendor. Um, I left work after after my work day and I called my mentor and I and I said, let me let me tell you about how my day went. And um, <laughs> I called the male one, not the female one. I called him and I told him and I said, I told him how my day went. And I said, I feel like I'm being undermined. I, I feel like I'm being tested. I feel like my skills are being tested or questioned because I'm a woman. And I feel like the value in all of the things that I've done to resolve this issue um, has been overlooked because they want me to present what I've done to a panel of of males, and he said, um, he he, he kind of talked me off the ledge. 
he does that a lot, but he talked me off the ledge that day. He said, think about it this way. It very well could have happened to someone else, meaning um, my other coworker or another, another female. And I said, well, I don't appreciate um, them questioning the things that I, that I have done because when I presented to them what I had done, they told me, oh, you are braver than you. One of them said, you are braver than I, you're braver than I would, would have ever been. I wouldn't have done that. I would have directly went to the vendor. And I said, well, I feel like I just wasted all my time pretty much by presenting to them what I had done. And they told me that <laughs> they would have went directly to the vendor. And, you know, he, he gave me some, he gave me some good advice. And he said, you know, remember, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's not personal, it's politics. And I don't know why I needed to hear that or why, you know, because I, I probably should have already known that, but he said, yeah, it's, it's, it's not personal, it's politics. And I said, mm, okay, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's, one, that's one, <laughs> one way that my mentor has helped me, amongst other ways. Mm. It's not personal, it's politics. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty deep, <laughs> that's pretty deep. So how did you walk back from that situation? I, you, I, you took that away. It's not personal, it's politics. How did that statement help you walk back or resolve the issue that you had, whether it was difficulty dealing with how you were received by the committee or, or your other team members, or just resolving the issue going forward? Maybe realize that there's a lot of layers of politics, you know, when working for, you know, an employer and that, you know, like he said, it, it very well could could have happened to, you know, the next engineer that also had a problem that needed to be escalated up to a vendor. But I still thought, you know, if I was going to get the response that, oh, you're way you're braver than I am, then it's like, what's the point of me telling you what I did? Right. <laughs> yeah. You kind of second guess that way. Right. Well, let's get personal now. We're going to get personal now, and we're going to talk about something that you love doing, that um, Demetria Hall loves doing, that Crystal Porter loves doing. I'm name dropping because I, I find such a connection between you three women, apart from the fact that you're women and you're Black and African-American, but there's so much that you do. And, and another thing that connects you is the STEM engagement. So tell us now, and, and they connect with STEM in, in various ways whether it's helping their family members um, take certificate courses or get on track for you know, STEM careers or uh, sharing what flight simulation is with students, the F-35 um, cockpit flight simulation infrastructures like with students, or for in your case, taking it from your twin boys and then moving it up, moving it out to the community. Um, share that experience with us what tips do you have for parents who are raising kids interested in stem and you know how are you going to move this idea this movement that you kind of birth how are you going to move it and grow it and expand it in coming months and years so i, ha I do have twin boys and um i i introduced them to to everything that you know that's stem related i i don't force anything on them but i do i do try and expose them to to every bit of 
the, of the things that I do, the things that, you know, that I see um, and the, the things that I'm involved in. The advice that I have for parents that are raising students that, you know, or children that are that could be interested in STEM, I would say expose them to, to everything. I sign my kids up. I've, I have in the, in the past signed my kids up for, you know, engineering camps at the National Electronics Museum. My kids are actually they built gaming computers for themselves. They're in the process of building a computer, a, a normal computer for my grandmother. They built one for my uh, for my brother. I give back by um, I'm a merit badge counselor for Boy Scouts. I'm involved in a whole bunch of community uh, STEM events, whether it's with Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, or um, the libraries. I sit on panels for STEM capstone projects at the local high schools here in Anne Arundel County that are STEM driven and they seek professional feedback for the students that put projects together during their four years of high school. And um, I'm involved as much as, as much as I can be. With She Loves STEM, we were creating kits that include every any kind of materials or you know everyday materials that you may have at home and to show them how you know how they're related to STEM or how they can put something together. Um, yeah, I, I'm an advocate for exposure, even if it's the, the smallest things. I mean, I'm all for it. All for exposure to STEM, all things STEM. I would press you some more and ask for information on She Loves STEM, but I'm going to leave that for Dr. Vaughn to get that information from you for right now. Thank you so much. It's been a Great pleasure talking to you this afternoon. Over to you, Dr. Vaughn. Thanks so much, Lango. And wow, I'm telling you, great conversation. And the headline again, uh, Sharika, you, you, you probably picked up on, uh, that's one of my buzzwords. I look for headlines. And one of the things that kind of arrested me early on in that segment was uh, you said, never give up. That was such a powerful reminder. Uh, when you talk about inspiring the next generation of STEM leaders, that is key. Uh, I was also really uh, excited to hear you basically already paying it forward when you uh, were speaking about your boys and how you're already engaging them uh, in the manner that uh, probably, I, I guess, in, in some way, uh, you would have wanted to be engaged even more uh, when you were younger. And so to see that all already happening uh, uh, in a multi-generational way because uh, you said that they're doing things for their great-grandmother um, uh, as part of this. And so, wow, I mean, we're talking four generations, and that is really cool. Uh, so as Lango mentioned, uh, I get to ask you a little bit about She Loves STEM. How can people get connected to uh, that part of your work? We are um, on all social media platforms. We are on Facebook, we are on Instagram, and we are also on Twitter. On all sites, She Loves STEM. Um, I think on Facebook, we are actually she.loves.stem. So there's dots in between the she loves, the she and loves. Um, but yes, that's where we are. And our, and our website is uh, www.shelovesstem with an S, she, L-O-V-E-S, stem dot com or dot org. Awesome. And uh, that information is something that we encourage folks to check out and share, uh, because I believe that the inspiration that you are uh, and that you are 
expounding upon uh, is needed uh, and it's critically helpful uh, and timely. Also, I'm going to put you on the spot again. I told you that I was doing that at the beginning and so why not keep it going uh, here as we near the end. If you could what words of encouragement or inspiration, since that's what this talk is all about, would you leave uh, not, not just the young women who might be listening, but especially the young women, uh, but the audience in general? What words of encouragement would you leave us with as we wrap up our time with you? I think I'll leave you with, I think it's Matthew 7-7. Seven, seven. I think it I think it says um, ask and you shall receive or if you believe if you will receive it. I believe that's what it is. If I'm if if I'm not uh, if I'm not correct, then don't <laughs> don't be mad. But or my grandmother, I hope she won't be mad. But that's I mean, that's what I'll leave you with. If you believe it, then you can you can you you, you will receive it. And if you ask for it, then you will receive it. Awesome, and and Grandma would be proud because uh, Matthew seven seven is indeed the ask, seek, knock verse. Uh, okay. So ask, and it will be given. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and it will be open to you. So you did Grandma proud, uh, and <laughs> and and I think that that really again is a, a simple but powerful message. It seems to have informed your life and your journey, and it seems to be something that you are instilling in others. It's really been a great opportunity that we've had sharing and hearing from you today. Thank you so much, uh, Sharika Robinson, for your time today. Uh, we've learned a lot, and uh, we're glad that you joined us on this episode of High Tech Sunday. Thank you for having me. With that, I'm going to turn things back over to Brandon Newby, who will see us out. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of High Tech Sunday. Career Communications Group's High Tech Sunday looks at professional development and technology through the lens of spiritual philosophies. In a time when digital information is more critical than ever, this weekly program is produced by and for CCG's community of alumni and professionals in science, technology, engineering, and math fields. The community runs from national thought leaders to aspiring students, and this weekly series aims to bring a concentrated discussion around technological advancements and achievements based on universal moral principles. The one-hour podcast will be streamed every Sunday. The podcast can be accessed through the Bay of Facebook page, Women of Color Facebook page, and CCG YouTube page, in addition to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and Spotify. Please join us next time. Nominations for the 2022 Bay of STEM Conference are now open. Do you have someone in your organization who goes above and beyond? Nominate them for a 2022 Bay of STEM Conference Award. Please visit www.ccgheroes.com 
for more details on our nomination process. All peer-reviewed nominations are due on August 31st, 2021. All Outstanding Achievement Award nominations are due on October 1st, 2021. Again, please visit www.ccgheroes.com for more details on our nomination process.